welcome to episode eight of Perspective. Uh, before we got on the air, Logan and I were talking about how eight episodes means that this show has been going on for two whole months. How crazy is that? Uh, time flies, I guess. We we still have a lot to learn, but you know, we we have learned a lot already, and it's been really cool. Thank you uh, so much for everyone who tuned in to episode seven or 007, the James Bond episode, not really, uh, where we had Scott Waldman on the show. And thank you again to Scott for coming on the show. We really enjoyed having him on. Uh, yeah. So, Logan, do you want to introduce our topic for today? <laughs> yeah. This- <laughs> oh, my God. We've been planning on for a long time. Um and by a long time, I mean our entire friendship is basically based around this topic. So we're going to talk about fans that we believe are underrated. Um, a couple episodes ago, I guess, or I don't remember, maybe the second episode, we talked about albums themselves that were underrated by otherwise popular bands. So this time we just took out the whole popular band thing and just want to talk about fans that we think that are underrated that didn't quite get as much attention as they deserved and you know, never had that kind of breakthrough that maybe you know maybe a lot of people thought they would have or maybe we just personally thought they would have um so yeah i mean i guess that's just where we are here you know yeah so uh before we go into uh the first band here i i want to share a story that really proves uh how much of this is our friendship so uh, i want to say about two years ago logan so logan and i have been friends for like five five and a half years now um, and about two years ago, Logan got a new phone number and he texted me uh, about some band and I didn't like I didn't have that number in my phone. Um, but immediately uh, I just replied, oh, Logan, did you get a new number? And he just says, oh, how do you know it was me? Oh, yeah, because it was about some band that <laughs> broke up. So, yeah, um, this really is our friendship. So this is a cool episode. I'm excited to talk about some bands that I really love. Uh, and, you know, hopefully this lets all of you that are listening, it, it gives you a chance to get to know the two of us a little better as well. So, Logan, do you want to start off with our, our first artist here that we think is criminally, painfully underrated? Yeah, I'll start off. Um, the first band that we wanted to bring up was a band called A Lost for Words. Um, and that kind of, I guess we're going to start off with a loss for words because it'll kind of tie in with the rest of the uh, bands we'll bring up here later. But they were a band to me that always kind of seemed like they were almost like every album they came out was like, all right, this is going to be the one that, you know, the breaks through. This will be the one that they finally get. Yep. The they deserve. Yep. They were, they were, it's an interesting point to make with a loss for words specifically because there was that time in 2010 or 2011 when Rise Records was assessed signing like every pop punk band that was out there, they signed um, Man Overboard, they signed The Lost Rewards, they signed Transit all at once, and um, wow, RIP to all those too, which is kind of depressing. But um, so they they were always part of that that next wave of pop punk, if you will, that was coming out at that time. And it seemed at that point they were the most talented. I don't know if they were the most popular band at that point. But they were certainly, they've been around for a while, so they're probably the oldest band that got signed there. But I always thought they were the best of those three and the best of, like, this kind of little pop-punk wave, if that's what you want to call it. Um, I just always thought his voice was much better, his songwriting was a lot better, and just the overall band themselves I thought was much better 
I mean, not that their peers weren't good. I enjoyed all the bands that I just mentioned between, you know, Transit and Man Overboard, but I always thought that they just kind of deserved more than they got, and it's just a shame that they had to go out, you know. I mean, they went out in a good in a good way, you know. They went out on their own terms. They had a crazy last show, but it's just a shame that they didn't quite catch on the way that we all thought they would. Well, and A Loss for Words is, is an interesting one because everyone – I, I mean, frankly, I, I do not know the members of A Loss for Words particularly well. Uh, like, I mean, I met Maddie a couple times um, and and have probably said hi to the other guys a few times. Um, but, you know, everything I've heard about them, first of all, was that all those guys were super nice. Um, but everyone that, that I knew that saw them live was always so impressed. You know, and they would, I mean, in, in 2011, they toured... It was like December 2011. They toured with the story so far. And that was just as the story so far was starting to get, you know, any kind of attention outside of California, right? Um, and I, I want to say, I think, I can't remember. Who, I, and it's funny because I can't remember who was opening for who. Um, but the story so far, which was this much younger and newer band, ended up sticking, you know, sticking around and, and is still a band, has made a few albums since then, and a lost for words decided to call it quits. Um, but I don't know. It, it's always been a mystery to me, especially with them, because they, I mean, they're from Boston, Boston area, I guess, at least, you know, which has so much going on for music. There's definitely an audience there. Um but and and everyone who saw them loved them, you know. I everyone always had good things to say about their records, you know. It, it, you know, and and we can even talk about you know maybe about some of the artists, other artists on this list, or other artists that we feel fit into this category, um, and how the world perceived them. But you know, I don't know. A Lost for Words, I think, is a, a mystery to me. I mean, maybe maybe timing is part of it. But then again, like we even talked about, you know, Man Overboard getting signed to the same label around the same time and that band totally took off i mean i mean again you know man overboard had you know broke up but i i would argue that man overboard got bigger than a lost for words did i mean do you yeah. feel the same way yeah i, I mean they definitely did because even on the and there's a couple of points there that i want to react to but the first one will definitely be you know they definitely got bigger than a lost for words i mean on their, even on their last tour that they had scheduled the um, Man Overboard was headlining and then A Lost for Words was going to open for them but they ended up canceling that tour um, and then they kind of announced their breakup so they definitely got bigger and it's weird because A Lost for Words certainly seemed to have like everything that people were looking for in terms of bands at that time um, right right like they were super catchy he was super polished um, and it just seemed like everything was there but I don't really know. I don't know if there's any kind of stories that were missing there, any kind of things that were going on in the background that maybe contributed to them to not quite taking off the way that they should have. But you know, what's weird to think about like that, and you mentioned a tour that they were on with the story so far in 2011, but in the spring of 2011, they were doing this, um, the old Glamour Kills tours that used to be a thing. And... Um, can I just say RIP to the Glamour Kills tours? Those don't still happen, do they? But like, no, those like, no. I loved those tours. Like, I I definitely saw a few different Glamour Kills tours over the year, and like, they always had a really good lineup. Uh, yeah. But I digress. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a good lineup, they had in 2011, 
It was the Wonder Years headlining. They had Polar Bear Club, Story So Far, Transit, and The Lost for Words. And so they all started into it over on a couple of dates there. So I saw that tour when it hit Cleveland, Ohio, and The Lost for Words wasn't on that date. But I'm pretty sure, like, just thinking back to that point, they weren't. I guarantee they were below, like, Polar Bear Club, because I know when I saw that tour, the order that the show happened was into it, over it started. Um, Transit was next, then the story so far, then Polar Bear Club, and then the Wonder Years. And it's just like, if you think about that, like there was a point in time when Polar Bear Club was bigger than like the story so far. And it's just funny to think about because- like, That's weird. I like That's that. very weird to think about. <laughs> like, it's <was> just <laughs> a weird way to look at it, you know? So a lot yeah. of changes in those years. And, you know, it's just- it sucks because the Lost for Words was full of really good guys, and I actually, one of the last times I saw them, they played Columbus, Ohio. They opened up for City Lights, and um, um, ouch, ouch, ouch to both. R.I.P. Wow, wow. Loss hurts. <laughs> it's only gonna get worse. We ranked the bands in order. Well, not not really in order, but kind of in order of how um sad we are about everything. Yeah. It's yeah a yeah the last one's a kicker the last one's a kicker we're probably gonna cry um but a loss <laughs> right well i've been crying for a long time about okay. this last band uh but anyway um although they're not technically broken up yet but i don't want to give okay. too much away um you're right well no they're not they're not which we can we can talk about when we get to them um but a loss for words i mean i I don't know. Like I, I saw them several times and I remember like they announced their final show up in Worcester, Massachusetts. And it's like a four hour drive from where I live. Um, so I piled in the car with a couple friends and we all drove up. Um, I managed to get a photo pass. Uh, and like, I just want to talk about the lineup for this show. First of all, um, to put it in perspective, a lost for words headlined the palladium sold it out. And that's a venue where like, Yellow Card played, which also, wow, Yellow Card also broke up. Um, hi, guys. Welcome to Perspective. We talk about all these bands we love that broke up, and that's it. Um, but but to put it in perspective for, like, what size of a venue that is. Uh, and, like, a loss for words on most of their tours did not play venues that size. No, now, this was... Right, and this was a hometown show. Normally, would I have driven four hours to see a loss for words? No, probably not, but... It was the last time I'd ever get to see them. And the lineup was stacked. Uh, Transit, who has since broken up. Yeah. Uh, Major League, who has since broken up. Vanna, who is playing their final shows right now, whose final, final show will be at the Palladium as well. Wow. Um, so it was, you know what? It was interesting because you had all these bands on that show that some of them were like, old, old bands that were, like, you know, t that were around when A Lost Your Words was just starting out. But a lot of them were these bands, like, you know, Major League or Transit that maybe started out a few years later. And, I mean, Brian from Major League, when they were on stage that night, told this story of uh, on Major League's first tour in, like, 2009 or whatever, they were up in New England and, like, their show got canceled. Um and so he's like searching on the internet or something, trying to find another show that they could just hop on. And he finds, 
he finds this a loss for words show and they just ask Maddie if they can hop on and they do. Um, I mean, and, and to make a long story short, a loss for words definitely took major league under their wing. The two those two bands also toured together a few times and Maddie ended up managing that band uh, for a little bit. And the uh, convenient timing for that, the next band that we're going to talk about. Yeah, it's a great segue. Um, the next band that we're going to talk about is major league. Right, right. Uh, no, we totally planned that out. Uh, but yeah, Major League is the next band that we're going to talk about. Uh, so Major League kind of first started getting attention in 2010, 2011. I mean, songs like Head Up Kid from States Away, that were these sentimental pop punk songs, you know, relatively straightforward pop punk sounding Um And they got signed, you know, so I, the first time I I had started listening to them when I was living out in Ohio, um, but I didn't know where they were from at first. And then I saw that they were coming to a town called Kent, Ohio, which was like 40 minutes from where I lived in Cleveland. Um, I saw they were coming to Kent and I found out that they were from New Jersey. And to me, that was like the most exciting thing. Not that there's any shortage of good music from New Jersey. Cough, My Chemical Romance. Cough, also broken up. Wow. Um, Jeez, this is, but, that one stings way too much. I'm still yeah. not over their whole like, I, thing they did for the Black Parade when everyone- Okay, but did you really the think they were breaking up? Oh, come on, you did not really think they were gonna tour. I could see them maybe having a reunion. I could not see them doing a 10-year tour for the Black Parade. My Chemical Romance did so many exciting things with their career that doing a 10-year album anniversary tour for one album and that's it would be severely limiting. Uh, But anyway, anyway. Never mind. That's a different (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll talk about My Chemical Romance next week. Um, Put my black liner or black eyeliner on for that. Right, right. But but Major League, yeah. So they, you know, they they worked very hard. They did a lot of DIY tours, like full U.S. You know, I think it was 2011. They did a full U.S. tour, like three months straight DIY. Um. Anyone out here who's listening, I don't know if you have touring experience being booking tours, being in a band or, you know, being like a tour manager or whatever. That's freaking impressive. Like not only to like mentally be able to survive being on the road for three months, but to plan that out, you know, and make that happen as a DIY band is so impressive. Um, It takes, that takes a lot and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And uh, 2012, I, this was like a couple months after the first time I saw them. Um, I interviewed Major League and they told me they had this record coming out called Hard Feelings. And at that time in July, um, the record, I don't think they had signed to a label or anything yet. Um, but soon enough they did. They signed to No Sleep Records uh, and released their album Hard Feelings on No Sleep in 2012. And for for not just for me, but for me and like all of my friends in the you know New Jersey pop punk music local music scene, that was really exciting because this was a band that we had all really cared about and rooted for for a while, uh, and they were getting you know on a really good label, uh, and they did you know they did some tours that fall, and then I think it was yeah it would have been 2013, they did the Census Fail tour, and that was huge you know. Um, 
to see like to see this band that you saw play like basements and, and pizza shops to see them then play with a band like census fail was was really monumental um and they got a couple other good tours um and they you know they'd they'd play headliners um and then in it would have been january of 2014 Nick, who was their singer, Nick Trask, uh, left the band. Um, and Brian, who had always written all of the songs uh, and, and played guitar, Brian stepped up to become the vocalist. And when that happened, so here's, you know, I, I will say that I think, unfortunately, when that happened, I think people lost interest in Major League to some extent. Yeah, they lost a lot of momentum when that happened. And whether that's yeah. or not, that's something entirely different. I mean, it sucks. You right. Know? I mean, I, to right. Least, I've only seen, I only saw Major League Live twice. Um, yeah. Once was with their original lead singer and they played a New Year's Eve show. Oh. Real friends in Columbus. And that was a good time. But I, I did think they were better live with Brian as their lead singer, though. Um, yeah. And the only other time I saw them with Brian was on their farewell tour. When they played with Fred wow, R.I.P. and Southern Suspension, which I think they've broken up now too. So really, yeah, everything is just like falling. Life is just falling apart, and everyone's breaking up, and that's I guess it was a perspective. Yeah, right. Um, but it was. I mean, it was interesting with Major League because, right? I mean, exactly like you're saying, people wanted this like you know pop punky band or whatever, um, and. First of all, everyone was like, wow, we're not going to have this, like, front man. Nick was the face of the band. And, like, okay, he was a lead singer, but Nick never wrote the songs. You know, that, um, that he did a great job. He was like, yeah, I've only written, like, yeah. a few lines. I'm yeah. not even, like, exactly. in this band, yeah. Right, exactly. So, I mean, for me, from my point of view, from my perspective, um, I was actually really excited when I heard that Brian would be stepping up as the vocalist, I, I knew that he had always written the songs and I was really curious, first of all, to hear him sing more. And, and second of all, to hear like what kind of songs he would write knowing that he would be singing them. Um, they put out, I mean, so that summer they did a tour with hit the lights. Uh, and then that fall they did a tour with Mayday parade, which was huge, it's like huge. massive big opportunities. With that. Yeah. They just, and again, it's one of those yeah. Things, like it just never, on. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, you get these right. get these it's, opportunities and then it just never works. Yeah, they never caught on. It was, I mean, the, so they put out an album, I think it was like November of 2014, There's Nothing Wrong With Me. And I interviewed them when they were here in New Jersey on that tour with Mayday Parade. Um, and it was, I mean, it was, it still is one of my favorite interviews I've done, uh, because Brian, if anyone hasn't listened to There's Nothing Wrong With Me by Major League yet, I highly recommend that you do. It's, it's not a pop punk album. It's, it's more of the like moody alt rock kind of, uh, but it still has a lot of the punk rock feel that I've always loved about Major League, but it's so raw um, and honest. And it, it really dives into a lot of Brian's personal experiences. Um, and, you know, in, in our interview, he talked about how it was really hard to open up about those, but that ultimately it, it ended up being something he was really glad he did. 
I mean, and on a fan perspective, you know, I've, as, as I've talked about elsewhere on this show, I've dealt with depression and anxiety and Major League was a band that really helped me with a lot of that. Um, and to hear Brian being like with this album, being more kind of vulnerable and everything uh, and, and talking about some, I mean, there's a song called Montreal that is, uh, wow. Logan, do you know the song Montreal? I've heard it a couple times, yeah, but I'm not, you know, I have It's, uh, I mean, it. it's pretty, wow, I'm trying to, to describe it without being too depressing, but, you know, you kind of can't. Um, it's a very real, real song about what it's like when you, you know, struggle with depression of some sort. Um, and it was cool for me to, to hear hear him, you know, be able to, like, open up like that. And Major League, but, you know, and they did 2015. They did some other big tours. They did a tour with Silverstein. Um, and I saw them at four dates of that tour. And, you know, another reason that I've always loved Major League so much is that, you know, they were always willing to get me, you know, to do interviews for Circles and Soundwaves. And they would they would always, you know, go out of their way to help me make sure I could get photo passes whenever I wanted to shoot them. Um, they were really supportive of what I did. Um, and really appreciative and thankful for it. Um, and so I shot them four times on that Silverstein tour and they sounded so good on that tour. I mean, it was kind of like on the Mayday Parade tour, they were like the most, the hardest, like the punkiest band and then go over Silverstein and it's kind of the opposite. Um, but like they sounded so good and that was a big tour. They were big rooms, but you know, and, and they did that summer, they did Warp Tour. Um, they sounded great on Warp Tour. And that fall, they did a tour with Comeback Kid. And that was kind of a funny one. Uh, yeah, but Brian had even, even told me one time that Comeback Kid was like one of his favorite bands for years and years. So to do that tour was really cool. Um, but yeah, they, they never caught on. And like, you know, I was talking about the album there's nothing wrong with we, me with my friend andrew and he was saying that like he also felt like it was a fantastic album but he could see why some people felt they didn't relate to it or understand it um so i don't know i mean and you know major league i think i will say that like you know not everyone who saw them fell in love with them uh i don't you know i i can't say why or why not um but yeah i mean that was when they broke up, <laughs> when they announced, so they announced that they were breaking up last February. I was on tour. I was in Albuquerque that day. I remember it very clearly. And uh, I think I found out about it because I got within minutes of each other, I got like seven texts and Facebook message messages from different people that were like, oh my God, Molly, Major League is breaking up. What? And I was like, what? <laughs> I did not know this. Um, but you know, it was it was time. Um, I mean, I know they had a lot of van issues on that Comeback Kid tour. Uh, and I'm sure they were just ready to kind of do other things. Um, but it was hard. And I cried a lot. Um, As we do here on this show, we do cry a lot. We do cry a lot. Uh, often. But I guess from Major League, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, happy things, though. Brian has a new band called Communion. Uh, they're really cool. They're kind of like dark alt pop i guess um yeah definitely recommend but 
Uh, Major League played a Lost for Words final show. Uh, the next band we're going to talk about also played a Lost for Words final show. Yes, they did. And this one, this one stings for me a lot. Because um, I was always, I was really into this band for ever since I um, listened to them the first time. And it's interesting because I, I interviewed, for the very first time I interviewed them, I wasn't entirely familiar with them. Um, but they were opening for Senses Fail on this tour, and I think it was 2011. Um, but I don't know if that's the exact year. All these years kind of started to blend together once you hit like 20 something, I guess. Um, but it's, I'm going to talk about transit. But so true, true though. <laughs> everything just years start to lose their meaning, and we just realize we're getting old. But anyway, well, so, the years start coming and they won't stop coming. Fed to the rules and hit the ground running. Uh, Sorry, uh, we're just gonna stop the episode now. I don't know. How Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't know if they're underrated. I mean, they had a uh, song. I guess Logan. After we finish recording, I'm gonna send you a link to an episode of the podcast oh. No Plus Ones, which is by Dan Ozzy, who. Uh, is over at Noisy. Um, super funny. Dan Ozzy is funny on Twitter, like funnier than you or I, I would argue. Um, but they did a podcast where they had a friend of theirs on and spent the whole episode talking about Smash Mouth memes. It was That's great. Incredible. Anyway, um, <laughs> transit. <laughs> Let's go back uh, to transit. Yeah, transit. Um, they were always super nice to me, kind of like the same thing with you and Major League. Always really nice to me doing you know, always going to do interviews and some of these other things. And they, I, I mean, I guess they were another band that I thought would take off much sooner than they, I guess, never did. Wow. Anyway, because um, they got some of that same wave of, you know, bands that send to Rise Records. And there was a time, I guess, when their first album on Rise Records came out called Listen and Forgive. And everyone loved it. Everyone's like, okay, here we go. This is going to be like something for this band it's gonna kind of push them in a direction where they weren't going before because before that they were like i guess more of just like a pop punk band but kind of not they still weren't they were just like a heavier brand of pop punk i guess i would describe it as yeah um but with this they kind of took that and they brought in a whole lot of emo influences to it and made it a lot less heavy and kind of mellowed it out a little bit more and they even had a song with patrick stump which was always great so i was like all right so they've got patrick stump they've got you know this label behind them they have this great record that's getting a lot of reception and you know they did a lot of touring for that album and it went pretty well and then it came time to release their second album and i guess that's just kind of if you look at it you can look back on it and say that's where everything went wrong for them um they put out Young New England. I thought it wasn't that bad. I wasn't certainly didn't think it was as bad as everyone. I thought it was great. Um, it, I mean, it. I I like it. I think it's yeah. It's, I don't even to be honest with you. I hear like some differences, but not like enough. sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Not as much as where everyone else was. This is I mean trash. Okay. The worst. Like, so oh, come on. Is it- we're gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about Young New England for a second. Uh, people hated Young New England because they expected a certain sound from transit that was like maybe the sound transit had on listen and forgive or you know some whatever and they expected a specific sound and that sound only and then transit made a 
fucking great record called Young New England that I listened to and wanted to move to Boston because of that record. And they they did not feel it lived up to their expectations of what they wanted transit to be. Not even on a quality level, on a this is what I expect from this band. So I I would argue, and, and in a way, Major League too, that you know, people expected Major League to be this pop punk band, and then they were like, mm, no, not really. We're gonna do something a little different. Um and Transit did that. Um and, and Transit is a band that like a Lost for Words from New England, Boston. Um, who everyone who saw them seemed to like them. You know, I, I didn't know them super well, but they were actually the first touring band that I, that I photographed, um, back in. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, in 2011, did not get to see them live again until 2015. And, I, after that show, they were on tour with Have Mercy, um, and I saw them in Philadelphia and New York. And after the Philadelphia show, I went up to Joe, and I was just like, you know, I just wanted to let you know that you were the first, like, real touring band that I actually photographed, and I've done all this other, like, really huge stuff now. Uh, and he was, I mean, honestly, like, for someone that I had never really had a conversation with before at all, um, he was so nice and so like supportive and encouraging. Uh, and he gave me a lot of advice, um, which, uh, included listen to podcasts about photography in the music industry (laughs) was one. Uh, and another piece of his advice was to drink green smoothies have not gotten on the green smoothie train. Um, but that was something, right. Well, it's, it's something that came up because we were talking about, you know, being in a field where you feel like you always are doing so many different things and you have so much going on and you just need energy. Um, So that's where that came up. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, he was, he was super cool, but then I don't know, Logan, do you remember why they uh, decided to break up or or did they give any reason for it? I don't think they gave a specific reason, but you can probably make the assumption that, it wasn't it's just probably just a typical reason as to why these bands break up. It's not sustainable after a certain point. I mean, you at this point, at the time of their last record, they had put now, I guess, if you well, counting their last record, they had put out five full length records. Um, they had been a band for 10 years, and I guess at a certain point, like you said with Major League, you know, it's just time. Um, because they had put out Joy right Ball exactly as their last album, and that was kind of that sounded a little bit more. Like listen and forgive, it was still a little bit different. It had some like power poppy vibes in there. But people, so, people that hated Young New England, a lot of them loved Listen and Forgive, or sorry, not Listen yeah. Forgive, Joyride. Joyride, right? Yeah, I mean they did, and it because it did sound a little bit more similar to Listen and Forgive, but still being different enough to where I guess they felt like they weren't making the same album, which is good because you don't. I personally don't want them to like feel like they have to make something or I guess not even just transit any artist to feel like they have to make something because people are going to hate it because that's not, you know, I guess in this, I have a really, I guess a kind of strange like perspective on like the artist fan relationship where like they don't necessarily like you owe fans like everything. Right. Because like they're the only reason you're making money, but at the same time, like how much, where does that line get drawn of like you stop owing them things? Like how much do you owe them? Do you owe them your artistic, like integrity do you owe them you know this is what i want to write but this is what the fans want i don't know 
So I think they made it to where they thought people would start to like it again, and maybe things just kind of headed back in the right direction. And I guess maybe they did, but they just didn't quite make as much, you know, didn't quite sell what they wanted it to. And maybe Rise Records had, like, something to do with that. Maybe they didn't. Maybe they just didn't promote it the same that they wanted it to. There's all kinds of, like, possibilities that it could probably yeah. be. But I don't know I mean, if we'll ever find out. But they've been really weird I guess lately, so I'm hoping they come back. I would love that. Um, I will say I think this is something that I think uh, comes into play with transit and a loss for words. Not not so much with Major League uh, or the fourth band we'll talk about in just a few minutes. Um, I, I almost feel – and this is incredibly depressing. So uh, if anyone's listening, oh, yay, it. think happy yeah. thoughts. Um, oh, I, I almost feel like there's a point and, – and I, I frankly, I, I don't think I am like any – revolutionary for making this observation. I think there's a point where if you have put out more than so many records, you're just, and you haven't gotten big yet, probably never will because people want something new and maybe a band like transit or a lost for words kind of became that band like, Oh yeah, I've I've heard of them. And, And people had already heard of them. So they weren't this exciting new thing. That's that's an interesting topic. You know, I, I was gonna say real. No, I was just gonna say real quick. My girlfriend had brought that idea up too. Like, she was like, "Oh, you know," when she was trying to throw out ideas for things we could talk about when we were like first starting this. She said, "Why don't you talk about like bands people like but don't want to hear new music from, and like how maybe they're like you said there becomes a point when people are like, okay, you know, we like your music, we like your old music, but we're not gonna check out your new music because we don't care to check out your new music." And I think that's exactly what you're talking about with when these bands hit a certain spot and they're like, like the fans, you know, they like them, but do they really care enough to buy new music that they want to still go see them? Or is it just like their time has come? Well, yeah, or or even like, you know, if you sell this many copies of a record and you have this many fans, like, you know, chances are other people like know who you are and like you're just – I think it's just harder for bands to break through to that next level after a certain point, yeah. you know? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, Transit, again, is a band that everyone always had good things to say about them, and they are definitely very much missed. Uh, are we ready to talk about the fourth band, Logan? Time-wise, I think they deserve... Emotionally-wise, probably not. Oh, um, hell no. Um, <laughs> I guess... Before we before we go into this, uh, so this is a band that we're about to talk about that is one of my favorite bands, uh, one of Logan's favorite bands as well, uh, one of probably plenty of other people's favorite bands. Um, they have not broke right, not enough people. Uh, they have not officially broken up, but they haven't been really that active in, as a band uh, in in a little bit. Um, I, I think that is that is a shame. Um, and, and we we saved this band for last because this is a band that like uh, I don't know what what percent of our text slogan are about this band specifically and how sad we are that you know they haven't done much in a while. Yeah, it's about sixty percent. That sounds yeah. Um, so logan do you want to uh i guess we'll do a fake drum roll please and uh logan you want to say what 
what band this is and, and talk about how you kind of found their music and, and share your, your kind of views on them? Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about Pinamino. Um, <laughs> I'm crying. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing, but it's true. Man, this is where we are. Um, I, my first, I guess, the first time I saw Pinamino was I think 2012. Um, pretty sure, yeah, it was 2012 because I had just graduated high school. Um, and I interviewed them because they were opening for the Swellers and again, RIP. Um, um, wow, this show gets yeah, sadder and sad. We have, I don't know if we've peaked in sadness yet, but I feel like this is probably the saddest we've been this entire 40 minutes or whatever. Um, but I, I, that was the first time I saw them. They were really great to me. I had read up on a, a bunch of stuff about them before, so I could obviously have any kind of clue what the hell I was talking about. And they had, you know, for as, I guess for as much shit as they had gone through, even at that point, they were super like positive about them, like their state as a band. Um, between like having their album you know, their first album come out and who was going to release it and how they signed a record label and then that kind of didn't work out. So then they signed to a different one and they couldn't sign to that one because the first label wouldn't let them sign to that one. So it was just a disaster. And they were still like, yeah, you know, we're great. We're, you know, this is going well. Everything's fine. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, interesting. I would probably have like broken up by now. And I wish I wouldn't have thought that because that was just a couple years too soon, I guess. Um they have not broken up. They are still a band. Right. Well, I mean, I, I talked to them. I the the members of Pentimento are, are playing with Reggie in the full effect as the backing band uh, on tour. And I saw them uh, about a month ago and I talked to some of the guys and and, you know, what they said was that Pentimento is still technically a band. Um, they don't have anything planned right now, but they haven't like written it off. Now, that is informal um you know but per per i guess yeah they they just haven't said much um i found pentimento so i remember it would have been yeah it would have been 2012 when they did the split with young english and a publicist uh sent that over to me you know before a little bit before it was released and i thought it was you know pentimento had this song called the bridge that i thought was one of the best songs I had ever heard. And when I heard that song for the first time, um, you know, so to, to back this up, like people compare bands to other bands uh, because of how they sound. Um, and I get that. Um, and, you know, Pentimento rightfully so got a lot of comparisons to like Jimmy Eat World and Taking Back Sunday, um, who were these really monumental bands. But to me, it was like, it was not only how they sounded, but when I heard the bridge for the first time, um, that to me was like, it was like a revolution. It was like when I heard a band like Taking Back Sunday or, you know, Good Charlotte's my favorite band or Jimmy Eat World. It, it was like when I heard one of those bands for the first time, you know, was, was the first time that I heard the bridge. Um, it was mm, like, yeah. you know, I just like knew this was going to be one of my favorite bands. Yeah, um yeah. And 
then I remember I, I did not follow them too closely. And then I remember hearing that, you know, there were all these issues over their self-titled record, their first full length record that came out uh, later that year in 2012. And uh, I was just first of all, I, I was just so impressed that they were kind of going full steam ahead, or or as much you know full steam ahead as they could. Uh, obviously, right. given their circumstances, um, but it, it still it takes a lot. It, it takes a lot of faith in yourself and and faith in your art. Um, and I I bought the record. You know, I gave them money on Bandcamp or whatever, and I was like floored. Like I, I mean, just that record immediately was one that meant so much to me. Um, and I remember seeing them, wow, I, I, so to anyone listening, I'm going to get like a really emo. Logan is too. It's okay. That's all we do. We're emo. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I finally got to see Pentimento in 2013, two days before my college senior, like thesis presentation, by the way, I got an A on that. So who cares that I, right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw them and I interviewed them and like, I interviewed Mike, who was the drummer who, you know, writes all the songs uh, or just most of the songwriting anyway, primary writer um, and their singer and guitarist, uh, Jeremiah. And they were like, I know we keep saying everyone's nice, but they're some of like the best people with like <laughs> the best hearts that I've ever met in like of all the people I've met in the music industry and just in general, really. Um, and they were really well-spoken too. Um, and I was so impressed by that. And like, you know, I, I like stayed in touch with them through the internet or whatever. And a couple months later that fall, I coincidentally had a night off on tour in Norfolk, Virginia, where they were playing. And, like, I had met them once before, and I go to this show, and they're all like, oh, my God, it's so good to see you. And I was like, wow, like, you actually remembered me. Um, and I became pretty good friends with those guys. And, you know, I and, – and, again, like I said, like, you know, I, I've struggled with, you know, some some mental health issues over the years. And, and that's another band that really helped me through a lot of stuff. Um and they were always, I mean, again, like, so supportive of whatever I wanted to do uh, with interviews and, and photography and everything um, and, and just really encouraging in general. And I got, oh, my God, I got, so they're from, Pentimento is from Buffalo, New York. And I, uh, I, two summers, I made the trip up to Buffalo with a couple of my friends, um, one of whom is a big Pentimento fan, one of whom likes shows and was down to take a road trip and you know be our so, company real quick yeah i want to illustrate ever to everyone how far buffalo is from you mm -hmm. um buffalo is closer to me in columbus ohio i'm yes. pretty sure than yes it is to you. definitely so it's like it's like six hours maybe like four hours and like 10 minutes or something ridiculous for me so i live I guess you technically live in Jersey, so I was going to say I live in a completely different <laughs> state. But, like, you wouldn't think, because like, for, for some reason I forgot that you lived in Jersey. I was like, oh, she lives technically <laughs> in New York, which is the same state. Absolutely so not. Like, Absolutely not. No. That's, we can't get those two confused, otherwise we're going <laughs> to yeah. get, like, riots. Yeah. So, yeah, but Buffalo, you would think, like, just being in New York, like, it can't be that much yeah. further from like, New Jersey. But it's yeah. 
it was. Basically it was. Yeah, say. it's it's on the border. Um, but I drove up and like I had seen them in New Jersey just a couple days before. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I have a shitty job. I want to tell my boss I am not coming into work for a day. Uh, so I drove up to Buffalo, and like honestly. It was so worth it, like to see them play a hometown show, uh, which, by the way, when I got, you know, so I, I, you know, would always post pictures on social media and, and tag the band and the members and everything. Um, and, you know, one of the fun things about being a concert photographer is when you find that like some band members like mom or like little sister or cousin or whatever has like found your pictures Um and Mike from Pentimento's mom found my pictures and she would like always comment on my page and everything. She would like always saying like really sweet things like nice photos. Oh, they look so happy. You're such a great photographer, right. like really nice things. And I get to the show and I like see her and like she recognized me. <laughs> like she recognized me somehow from that um which was really cool but they uh, yeah for sure i don't know like you know so we're coming up on so that was end of july 2015 and then end of august 2015 pentimento announced that they were be releasing their album i no longer and so real quick yeah. going back to july 2015 yeah that was so they were doing their Reggie and the Full yep. tour at mm-hmm. that point. And that was an interesting tour because I, I, they were playing in Cleveland. And I was like, well, it's been a while since I've seen them. I'm going to go up to Cleveland to see them. So luckily they helped me out. And I was able to get up there to get in to see them. And they let me come on stage with them to sing a song with them. And I always thought, like, I didn't. I asked them that. And I was like, this isn't going to happen. Like, why? Like, what? Like, I guess, like, what would they get from this? But at the same time, the only reason I asked is because it was in Cleveland and not Columbus. And I knew none of my friends would be there. So, like, that's hilarious. Do it and be like, this is going to be just fine. And so they let me do that. And I just like to throw that out there because, like, not to, like, brag about it, but just because, like, that's just the kind of people they were, right? Like, why? Like, I didn't, like, at that point, like, I'm not in a band. I'm not going to be, like, they don't even know if at that point I can even, like, not butcher the song. So, like, they were just like, yeah, sure, whatever. You can just, you know, come up. And, like, I did. And they were, like, totally fine with it. And it was kind of cool because, like, I didn't really, I guess, expect them to do that. And then, again, like I said, they were just totally fine with it. And they were like, yeah, definitely. You can come up whenever. Just, like, we'll see you come up so we'll know and i was like that's oh, amazing that's amazing so they did and it was it was incredible it's one of my favorite things with them um it's just kind of like you said they're just like genuinely nice people and we say that a lot a lot of bands but i don't want to say really they're nice. like the nicest uh because i don't think it's fair to like rank people like that you know but they like yeah. they they had really good you know really good hearts and and they were always really well-intentioned and like i think what was really special to me about their music was that it related to my emotions um but a lot of songs of theirs i could like relate to multiple points in my life um and and this is something that they've even talked about like in interviews that they've done and stuff that you know they always had a goal to you know focus a lot of ways on the emotion but but make the songs 
you know, able to relate to different situations people go through. And I think that that's really powerful, you know. Um, I did, so I have a, like, feature series on circles and sound waves called Inner and Outer Portraits, uh, which essentially is, like, I do a really deep uh, personal interview, one, you know, generally one-on-one. Uh, and that, that first of all, that is important, that it's generally a one-on-one thing. Um, and I do this really intense interview and we talk about like, you know, the, the really deep connections that we have with music. Um, and then I take your picture for a few minutes. So it's, you know, it's like I get you to open up, uh, with these questions and then hopefully you're more comfortable in front of the camera. Um, first one I did that with was Brian from major league, by the way. Uh, and it wasn't even like an official thing at that time. I just, I sort of floated that idea to him at one of the Silverstein shows I did. And he just said, absolutely, I'll do it. Just let, you know, tell our publicist. (laughs) But, you know, the answer is yes. Um, And then not too long after that, I did it with Pentimento. Um, And, you know, I've done a a few of these so far. And uh, every single, every other one has been one-on-one. And I was curious how it would work with pentimento because usually i would do it with like the singer who usually wrote the songs but it was different with pentimento uh and they always had this dynamic between uh the the four of them you know um that to me was really special you know um and they were like we're just gonna all do it together and they did and it was really it was really cool it, it was different you know but it was it was really special um but yeah, so they they announced their album I no longer, um, and they announced the album title and the release date, and it was going to be coming out like a year after they'd recorded it. Like it had been a long time since they'd yeah, recorded they the album. On it for a while. Yeah, and, and I mean there was again some label things going on there that they got the short end of, which seems to really sum up Pentamento all too well, which is really sad. Um, but I mean, Molly, you and I have talked yeah. about this, but we won't get too much into that. But I mean, it's just, it's just kind of, yeah, like you said, they had recorded it a while ago and they got like a big producer behind them. They had a really good producer, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Paul, uh, Paul Levitt. James Paul, no, Paul, Paul Levitt. Levitt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was going for someone completely different. Um, I got the Paul part, right, which is, I guess is important. Um, yeah, and so they were, you know, putting this out, and they had been sitting on it, and they were just waiting for the, you know, waiting for a label to come along, and it was, yeah, I guess that's, we're just going to stop there for now. Yeah, um, but I no longer, so, you know, being, being uh, you know, people who run music blocks, uh, Logan and I have the privilege of uh, getting lots of music early, uh, and you know, I, I never have written like a lot of album reviews. Um, but I like, they announced this album and immediately, like I reached out to their publicist at the time. And I said, you know, I, I like, I posted that the album was coming out. I wrote like a news story about it. And I said, you know, (laughs) I think, I think I was just like, please send me a download of this record as soon as you can. I am I really want to review it. Um, and she did. She sent it to me, you know, probably a month before the album came out. And I like, I'm being dead honest here. So obviously, you know, I loved Pentimento's self-titled. I loved the, 
EP they did in 2013, uh, Inside the Sea. I have the sailboat from Inside the Sea. I have that tattooed on my ankle. Um, And so I definitely had high expectations for this album. And, like, when you have high expectations for an album, like, you know, there's, you know, potential for disappointment. Um, Either, like, complacency, like, oh, it's good, of course it's good, or, like, just total, like, wow, that didn't meet my expectations. Um, The first time I heard this record, like, I don't even think, I, I did not even take, normally when I'm writing a review, like, I take notes the whole time on my first listen, but... I listened to all of I No Longer and like I I just sat there in my chair at my desk and I was like, I was floored. Like I was expecting a great record. Super emotional album. It's so intense. And it's, you know, it it sounds like, I mean, it, it sounds as good as like any major alternative or emo or punk release, you know, on the level of like a Taking Back Sunday or something. Um... And I saw them, you know, I, uh, when I had seen them in July up in, up in Buffalo of that year, uh, they mentioned to me that they were doing a headliner. Um, and then I like floated to them. I was like, I want to come to like a bunch of shows and shoot like as many of those shows as I can. And he, and they were just like, absolutely. Like we'll get you photo passes for whatever we can. Um, and they sounded so good, but you know, unfortunately, you know, they didn't really have huge crowds, on that tour, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which was upsetting. Um, yeah. but they sounded, but like, nevertheless, they sounded fantastic. Um, and yeah, they always did. And, you know, so that was like around Halloween of 2015. So coming up on two years, um, and throughout 2016, they played a couple shows here and there in Buffalo and everything, but they haven't toured since then. And they really haven't been all that active. I mean, even on their social media is like, here's the depressing part, you know, their social media, like it's there. Wow. Okay. Thanks. That, that, that laugh was really nice, Logan. Thank you. Um, like their Twitter is there, but they've deleted like all of their tweets for the past few years. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. And, and I, I don't, you know, I, I guess part of it with them may have been, again, label situations not working out and, and not getting the right tours to get in front of the right, oppor- right people. But, I mean, just, just again, like one story that I have to share to really show like how nice Pentimento is. So, as I said, you know, I went to a few, I went to five shows on that headliner they did because I was like, you know, screw it. I have a shitty job. Like, I want to go shoot a bunch of Pentimento shows. And, yeah, of course. Why not? Right. They were stoked. They were happy to help me out. Um, and I went to the first one in Baltimore and I like mentioned that I was going to like bring my dad to the New Jersey show. And like, they guest listed my dad and like, I, that I, I did not ask for them to do that. I would never ask anyone to guest list my dad to a show. Um, but like they did it, like they offered. And that's like, yeah. that's so nice. Like, and, and then my dad, my dad came to the show and they said really nice things about me to my dad. So that was awesome. <laughs> anyone who wants to say, hey, by the way, uh, anyone listening who wants to say nice things about me to my parents please do uh i'll give you their emails you know whatever i don't care or you know you can send something and i'll pass along to them um 
Yes, we can use all yeah. the help we need from our parents. Yeah, we totally can. We're we're both uh, delinquents. I don't know. Would you say, would you say we're delinquents, Logan? I would say that's probably the best way to describe <laughs> us. That's, no, that's that's a, that's great. Right, right. I work for a nonprofit. Like I, my one day job is I coordinate volunteers and local reps for a nonprofit. I'm such a delinquent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, right. But I don't know. I, I've, I've enjoyed talking about Pentimento. Um, I, you know, in, in that band, to put it in perspective here, they have not broken up, but you know, they really haven't been active in a while. They haven't really said much of anything uh about why they kind of stopped doing stuff but yeah but uh i i would recommend like anyone who likes you know alternative or emo or punk um please listen to pentimento if you haven't already uh i mean just one of the absolute best bands i have heard over the past several years and and as we keep saying some of the most wonderful people ever um, yeah, I mean, Logan, do you, do you have any other thoughts on Pentimento? I would say for people who are thinking about listening to Pentimento, the best description I ever heard of them, um, I was, I believe I was reading a different review for their I No Longer album. And at the oh, very boy. end, the reviewer described it as Jimmy Eat World meets Taking Back Sunday. And I was like, well, that's kind of accurate. And like, yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely is, because it's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I always like, specifically that record kind of like hits that sweet spot. Like if you look at like where you want to be like circa 2004 with, you know, Taking Back Sunday and then like, I guess the same 2004 era with like Future's Jimmy World. Wow. You know, so that's really like where that album lies. Yeah. To me, at least yeah. Right no. Review, I was like, well, that's, you know, I, I thought about it. I was like, that's actually very accurate. Right. And, and like, like it makes you end, feel, so. it makes you yeah. feel what those records feel. But I, I do want to like end this on a more positive note. Um, you know, to, to me, like on a bigger scale to have any band that you can feel such a deep connection with is such a powerful thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, of, of course, it's like unfortunate when bands break up or they don't get the recognition that we feel they deserve or, you know, they kind of become pretty inactive. Um, you know, it's of course, it's upsetting, but it's like to feel such a deep connection. You know, you do always have that. Uh, and that's a really special thing. Um you know, and, and I, I encourage anyone who listens, like, if you like these bands that we suggest, that's awesome. And, like, tell us because we want to hear. Um, but whatever you do, I, I do encourage you to, like, you know, try to find a, a new favorite band, a new band that you can really fall in love with. Um, you know, and, and when you're going through shit, whatever that bullshit is, to have that band that you know you can turn to as, like, a source of comfort uh, is a really special thing. So I hope everyone can find that. Um, yeah, I mean, Logan, any other? I hope I can find that too. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you this on a positive note. And, and all seriousness, Pindamino hasn't broken up. We do hope they get back together. Um, but if not, play more shows, please. Yes, even a Buffalo show. <laughs> I will take the long drive as long as I will absolutely go. I would absolutely. I would go so quick um 
but yeah, I mean, like you said, there's so many good bands out there, and I think it's one of those things where you know if one band doesn't work out, but you know, it's, that's just how this music business is, you know, and that doesn't mean that you can't find your next favorite band out there that's going to be in that same situation, and maybe you, know, you finding them out and you listening to them can help them get to the point where they don't have to, you know, break up or stop playing shows or stop making music because you supported them. So I think that is just like one of the most important things is, you know, to always look, I mean, there are so many bands out there that need you to do that for them. And I think just even just listening to them, streaming them, streaming them doesn't get them any money, but it's really just, it's not always about the money either. So just always be looking for those bands because they are out there. Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't, I can't even really say anything else. Um, but thank you so much to everyone who's tuned in and, uh, you know, listened to the show so far. We, we do appreciate it. Um, please tell your friends to listen to perspective please subscribe on itunes if you have not already uh you know please tweet at us share us your please perspective you uh, share your perspective <laughs> with us on twitter at perspective underscore pod also if you follow us i like we're really funny on twitter like our our the perspective twitter is really funny uh, at least I think so. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks everyone for tuning in. You can follow me, Molly, on Twitter at M Huddleston. You can follow Logan at A N I A F C. Um, at some point, Logan is going to explain the meaning behind his Twitter handle on the show, but that sometime is not. Uh, that sometime when Logan explains his Twitter handle is not today. Uh, anyway, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>